So good. We've been teasing Scott today because we thought he just got off the set for uh, Miami Vice, and we just wanted <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, you can wear that well. I'd never get away with that, okay? I had to wear this today because she said it was Mother's Day, so I said, okay. So anyway, we want to welcome you all. So good. We got some, I know some graduates. I see at least one over here. This is going to be graduating before too long. Olivia is going to be great. Any other graduates in the house that are coming up? Shelby. All right. So good. Good deal. Anybody that remembers when like you thought, man, I'm going to be graduating. Remember what that felt like? I got the world by the tail. We didn't realize how good we had when we were home, did we? I mean, at home, you didn't have any bills. You got to just raid the fridge. At my house, that could be dangerous, but because <laughs> you never knew. Mom, when did we have anything green? Dad would go, we haven't had anything green. Well, it's green now. <laughs> it was awesome. But anyway, we just, we're going to believe God for, you're going to change our world, and we thank God for it. We've been talking about the believer's authority, and but before we really get started, let's take a couple moments, just I want to give you a couple uh, mom humor. Uh, the son says to his mom, hey, mom, can I get 20 bucks? Mom says back to the son, do I look like I am made of money? And the son says, well, isn't that what M-O-M stands for? Okay. Uh, I shouted to my mom on Mother's Day, how's breakfast in bed sound? She said, great. I said, okay, biscuits and gravy. Hurry up, would you? No, teasing. <laughs> I asked my friend if he, what he was getting his mom for Mother's Day, and he said, nothing. They get a special day just for themselves. Why can't we have, like, a Sunday? I said, you do. It's right after Saturday. Today, Sunday. <laughs> All right. There's your jokes for today. <laughs> Let's get started. We're in week five of, actually, the Believer's Authority from the series, Not Today, Satan. And we, we, we're finding out so much. I hope you're enjoying this and you're taking this, hopefully taking notes, and you're applying it. And you're finding out that God is doing some things in your life. But I want you to get this understanding. We, there's been this, and we brought it up on the table, that people just think uh, that God is just moving independent of us. And they don't understand that really God flows through us. Last week we talked about creation. He created the heavens and the earth. When he spoke them into existence, as his power, his authority, his dominion is always released by words. God's dominion is always released by words. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Not Death and life, not just our words, but God said this. So God's words are saying that's in the power of what we speak. He's the one who started it. His authority and his power was released through his words. Remember in Genesis we talked, and again I'm just kind of recapping quickly. He said to each and everything he created, he spoke it. If you remember, let there be light and everything happened, you know, and we had all those days of creation. He spoke it and it was. In Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We talked about the devil being the biggest creep of all, but we have dominion over that. And you need to understand this. When God speaks, it's binding to him. It is a contract. It's his bond. It's his covenant. 
We talked last week, I talked about, remember back in the day, a handshake meant something. If you gave your word, your word was your bond. It was the same as if you signed on the dotted line. You kept that. That's the way it is with God. He never breaks his word. Psalm 89, 34, my covenant I will not break, nor after the word that has gone out of my lips. When he speaks, it's done. He doesn't retract it because he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't, you know, like we have said, you ever said something you wished you would have? <gasps> it's kind of like getting toothpaste out of a tube. Once you spit it out, you can't get it back in the tube. You ever said something you wish you could have just took it back? I know I have. But it's a covenant with him, and he cannot lie. Hebrews 6.18, that by two immutable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. The word the Lord gave us today was about hope. Pretty amazing. He's always confirming. Psalm 138.2, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above your name. We talked about his name, the integrity of his word, and how that is, it cannot be broken. If God lied, the whole universe would fly apart. Hebrews 1.3 says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. He can't break his word. It's held together by the integrity. He cannot lie. So when, when we look at the Bible and it says, it says it because it means it. It's important for us to understand if God said we have dominion and we rule over the earth, then we have dominion and we rule over the earth. That statement where God had given us that, it bound him to his word. It tied his hands, so to speak, if you will. He can't go past that. He can't change his mind. He can't retract it. He's now limited to what he can do. 7841 of Psalms. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. See, we had the teaching. We grew up learning that, well, God does whatever he wants to whoever or whenever or whatever. We have no control. It's just caesarosera. Whatever will be, will be. That teaching is wrong. It totally undermines the word of God. It totally undermines. He has given us uh, all of the dominion. That's what we read. He gave you the authority. It causes issues. People become passive. Well, if it doesn't matter what I do, why even try? Kesara, sarah, whatever will be, will be. Now, we have had five children. Our firstborn son was a stillborn. That was no fun to go through. People came up to us when that was, you know, during that time frame with, I'm, I'm sure their heart was good. How many of those people really, unless they're malicious, don't really mean to, but from what they know, they say things. It's just God's will, just accept it, was one thing. He must have needed your son in heaven, was another Another beautiful bouquet for the flowers in heaven. He picks the prettiest flowers for his bouquet. Now, understanding that I'm sure they meant well, they didn't know any different. And at the time, I didn't know any different, but I knew some of that was just not right. Had we believed all that, I don't know that we'd be serving him today. Are you with me this morning? I remember when she still had to have him because he was not alive 
but he, you know, he just doesn't go away. Had I known what I knew now, I would have prayed him back to life. I really believe I would have, and I really believe God would have did it. But I didn't know that. I'd been brainwashed all the other stuff. And I remember the doctor coming into the hospital, and he said something I didn't like. And so this was old Brett coming out. I grabbed the doctor and threw him up against the wall and was holding him off the ground. And he was, he was telling me, I, you know, I'm just telling you, you know, and I let him down and apologized to him. But I didn't know the answers. All I knew was I was hurting. But I knew something wasn't right. What happens to man when we don't understand? What we do is we make up our own stuff. It'll make us feel better. This has to be the reason. We reason it out in our natural mind instead of asking God or looking in his word. I, I, nobody ever told me, dive into the word of God and look at this and look at this. We were never told that. But that's not blaming them. We never did that. At least I don't remember. It was just kind of like, just accept it. So I'm telling you from stuff from my own experience. You cannot just make up your thing on the way. God does have answers. His word is answer. His word is health to you. His word is life to you. His word is prosperity to you. His word is salvation to you. His word is everything to you. But if you don't regard it as anything but just the passing of the wind, then it won't matter. It won't change anything for you because you don't believe it. You know what that is? That's a wrong mindset. It reminds me of a movie. That's trouble, my friend. Right here in Marion City. With a capital T, and that rhymes with C, and that stands for crap. <laughs> Just saying. I loved it when I wrote that. I was so happy with that. I told Kim, I said, I'm going to say this. She just looks at me like, I don't know what to do with him. I don't know. I told Maddie. Maddie just goes. Just walks out. But see, there's people that teach against God. They teach the stuff I'm just telling you. And again, I don't know that they really mean to, but it makes them, well, I don't have the answer, so this has got to be the answer. They put a holy twist on it. Oh, God has a purpose. Let's look to the word for our answers. I'm going to instruct you, if I can do anything today, go to the word. Look at the word of God. Don't take my word for it. Take his. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. One of my all-time favorite scriptures. It doesn't say all things are good. It says it will work out for your good. God is not the author of bad. He is the author of good. So there are many that blame God for all the garbage and stuff that's going on in the world or whatever decision doesn't line up with the word of God. They don't like that, so then they'll make their own doctrine up. Either way... You and I are going to be accountable for what we believe and the actions that follow that belief. Say amen to that. Because it's true. Be accountable also if you're a teacher or a preacher or in the fivefold ministry, you're going to be accountable for those that you lead. 
that's a big responsibility. I want to be at least saying, look, I'm pointing to the word of God. You don't have to believe me, but you might want to believe him. Just know people who are given control of this earth, not God. And we forget that. It's just easier to blame God. Romans 8, 26 and 27, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. According to the will of God. The Spirit is making intercession for the saints, you and I, according to the will of God. Verse 28, and we know, we just read that, all things work together for good for those that are, love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, verse 28 starts with a conjunction, and. That means it links to the previous verse, the previous statement. The previous statement talks about the Holy Spirit making intercession with groanings, which cannot be uttered. If you study the word groaning, it's actually four Greek words, and they literally mean to take hold together with us. To take hold together with us. That's important for you to know because that and is telling you. We, we'll just take the verse that we like and not look at everything in context. But he's trying to put these together so that you understand. The Holy Spirit, listen to what I'm saying, doesn't intercede for us without our participation. This isn't on autopilot. If he did, if he interceded for you without your participation, then the will of God would always be done, and we know right now that's not happening. There's too much death. There's too much tragedy. There's too much of this stuff happening. And we don't intercede without the Holy Spirit. Then we are limiting our own strength. You can't do these things in your own natural strength. He works with you when you pray and intercede with groanings that cannot be uttered. And when that happens, we know all things work together for our good for them that love God. Now, the, the wonderful thing about being filled with the Holy Spirit is you might not understand exactly the words that you're saying, but the Bible says that you build yourself up, but you pray perfectly. I do a lot of things, and not many of them are perfect. Matter of fact, I don't know if I could name one perfect. But if I'm praying with the Spirit, and he's interceding, I'm interceding, and I'm getting that cooperation. If there's a judge at the Olympics, 10 That's what makes this pop. It now becomes alive and real. When life is too hard, when things are happening that you don't understand, you don't have to understand it. You have to pray in the Holy Ghost and let him intercede. And he'll help you to get through what you need to get through. It was just the Holy Spirit interceding and everything always worked together for our good. Then every single thing that happens in our life would always be positive. And have some redemptive purpose. And that's not the case. Because we have to cooperate. I don't know about you, but I knew people who committed suicide when I was in school. 
And since I've been out of school, I've known people that took their own life. I've had to do funerals that way. And I can tell you personally, it didn't work together for anybody's good that I could see. Anybody connected with the family, that was very hard to walk through. I'm telling you right now, that kind of stuff is from the devil. With a capital C, and that rhyme, well, with a capital T, it rhymes with C, and that stands for crap. <laughs> did he say crap at church? I did. <laughs> it is dependent on that intercession taking place. Verse 28 doesn't say all things are from God, or even permitted by God, or are good. It states that God can work it for good. That's what it states. Earlier we talked about myself and our kids learning from past mistakes. It wasn't my will that they did anything wrong or anything like that or even had to go through anything tough. But it's nice sometimes when your child learns from something. People used to ask us, do you spank your children? Well, not anymore. Although I have been tempted. <laughs> have been tempted. Um, you know, it was kind of one of those, as the kids got older, there's things that, you know, it was tougher to put them on. My, like my, my mom, when I got in my teens, if she wanted to spank me, I would just be like, a little more to the left. I mean, it just didn't hurt. I didn't want my dad to spank me, because I know that would hurt. So I tried to shape up my kids sometimes, you know, just the, the idea that I was still the, the toughest rooster in the barnyard was nice to have them. I, I wanted them to know that. I don't know if that's right or wrong or imperfect, but they needed to know that. <laughs> that's exactly what I feel, Archer. <laughs> but they learned, like sometimes we, we discipline them, don't do that. And if they did it, they got disciplined. We had an evangelist come to our house one day and he he said to us in here, he said, because he just, you ever have people come in and they just observe you? I didn't know he was observing us. Like, I, I didn't ask for his observation. You know, I wasn't going to fill out a questionnaire, but he watched us and then later told us, I was just observing you. You know, part of me wanted to be like, I don't like that. Other part of me wanted to be, I'd like to observe you go to your car. Can we, can we make that happen? Because I can make that happen. You know, those kind of things. And that's Kim saying, Brett, you're a redneck. God is working in my life. But anyway, I never escorted him to his car. Um, but he said, I, I see that you have breakables and stuff that are out there. And when your kids tried to play with them, you said to them, put that down. That's not for you to, don't touch that. We're not allowed to touch that, remember? And so that's what we did. We didn't put every little thing up so they couldn't touch it. We just told them, you can't keep your hands off of this and they, they obeyed. <laughs> it can be worked together for good when we learn from the Lord. The enemy can't stop you unless you let him. He may slow you down. He may hinder you. But stay the course and don't allow it. It will work for your good. Just know God can work it out for the good. It doesn't mean that he caused it. And it doesn't mean that he sent it. You need to understand that. You might be going through something, but if it's bad, God didn't put it there. But, you, but hang on to the Lord. Use the word of God and put your life in his hands, and it can work out for your good. It's really what you believe. 
If you believe that God caused it or he sent it or that he should have stopped it, you're not taking your authority. You just jump ship to the enemy's way of having you think and you just submitted to the problem because your belief is wrong. You're thinking God was behind it in some way and what happens is it makes you passive and it goes against the word. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you believe that it's from God, if you think God had his hand in whatever tragedy you're going... Now, sometimes we just make stupid mistakes, don't we? We've done things on our own, and it's caused pain. God didn't have anything to do with that. We like to blame, you know, when I grew up, there was Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it, sugar. (laughs) You know, it's easy to try to blame, and maybe the devil had his hand in that. But you made the choice, and those are tough. I am not here to tell you I've always made the right choices. I'm here to tell you that I love the grace and the mercy of God. You see, if we believe it was God, then we'll submit to the problem, and we can't resist, and it doesn't go away. Listen to what I'm saying, because we think somehow God was behind it, and if we resisted, we'd be resisting God. And we don't want to do that. That is not right thinking. Romans 8.28 says it works together for good if you love God. If you don't love God, not a superficial love. I'm talking about a love. You know, God, there's, there's different kinds of love. And this isn't a lesson on the different kinds of love. But there's nothing you could do to make God love you more. There's nothing you could do wrong to make him love you less. He just loves you. He died for you before you ever knew him. While you were still sinners, he died for you. Well, if you say to yourself, Brett, I'm, I guess I'm not against God, so I guess I love him. Have you ever talked to somebody and said, do you believe in God? And they say, yes. This is just a newsflash. The devil believes in God. He knows he's real. You have to go past just the, the, I know who he is. How many fully persuaded people are here? I mean, you're fully persuaded. My wife does not have to question my love for her. She doesn't have to go, well, I know he thinks I'm cute. I think he likes me. She already knows it's, it's way past. I mean, she, she knows. Isn't it amazing when you've been married to someone? We've been married 38 years. Right? <laughs> See, all the men are like, "Woo, John, what am I going to do? I don't know. <laughs> well, that concludes our message. <laughs> 38 years, June 8th. See, I even remember the date. Yeah. But men and women are different, are they not? We're totally different beings. We don't even, I mean, some things she's like, are you hearing me? I'm hearing her, but I'm not listening. That's what she wants. She wants listening. But I'm fully persuaded. You know what that means? That means that there's nothing that would stop me from rescuing her if she needed rescue. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be like, well, you know, she probably take a couple more of those blows, I'd like to think. You know, that's not going to happen. 
because I'm fully persuaded. Are we fully persuaded towards God? If God is good and he loves us, sent his son for us, we need some fully persuaded people in the house that are saying, God, I love you with all my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength. And when we love him to that extent, he's going to bless you. Because you're going to count on him by the word of God. If God said it, that settles it. Words are great, but you got to have some action to follow those. Faith without works is dead. People can say, I love God. I had a guy come up to me one time. He goes, yeah, me and God got a good thing going on. I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. He's like, yeah. I said, do you come to church? Nope. Do you read your Bible? Nope. Do you pray? No. Do you ever give? Heck no. Just what in the world do you and God have going on? Now, God's not after your, your pocketbook. I'm just saying fully persuaded is everything I have is God's. You've got to have some action. We've got to be submitted. You're submitted to something whether you think you are or not. So how does it work? Brett, how does this work? We've got to be operating in a Holy Ghost-inspired intercession. You've got some stuff that's going on in your life? Start, start asking God. Start praying. Start, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, I can help you with that. I can't fill you, but I can show you how to get it done. And I will do that after the service. If you want that after the service, you come down here. We'll pray. You will get the Holy Ghost. Nothing crazy, nothing weird. Just being able to go, God, I don't know. But if you want to pray perfectly, I'll help you do that. I can't, again, tell you what those words are. Not even going to try because I don't know them. But have some operating in the Holy Ghost inspired intercession. Maybe you got some kids and they just need, you need to be interceding for them. But Brett, I don't know what to say. Ha ha ha! It's what this is about. So I'm going to pray and let God say it for me. Because I don't know how to say it. And secondly, you must love God. And I'm going to add one more to that in just a second. But when we do those, things start working out for our good. If you don't fit this mold, Brett, I don't want to do that. Then all things are not going to work out for your good. It says, to those who are called according to his purpose. Everybody say, his purpose. 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is of the devil. The devil has sinned from the beginning for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So what is his purpose? Not yours. What is his purpose? God's, Jesus, what's his purpose? You just read it. Yes, you in the front. Yeah. <laughs> to destroy the works of the devil. You are so paying attention. I really appreciate that. That's what it is. That's his purpose. Yes, it's redemptive, yes, but to destroy the works of the devil. If you're cooperating for the enemy through your actions, you're going to have resistance, and things are not going to work out for your good. Three qualifications. I gave you two. I'm going to give you the third one. First one, operating in the supernatural with the Holy Ghost in intercession, praying in the Spirit. Secondly, love God. If we wanted to define that with all your, your mind, your, your heart, your soul, your strength, all your, you know, every, all your 
cognitive senses, everything in you. Third, destroy the works of the devil. Be out to destroy the works of the devil because that's his purpose. Uncover darkness. Bring light into the room. Show your kids what it means to love God. We live in a society now, it's so easy. Let's just stay home, eat Captain Crunch, keep our PJs on, watch church. I get it. There's reasons, and sometimes it's okay to do that. But, man, there's nothing like being together as a corporate fellowship. <laughs> if you do these three things and they're present in your life, whatever the enemy throws at you, God can turn it around and work it for good. John 10.10 10, the thief comes not to accept to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I've come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. So if you have situations that you're like, man, this is too big, Brett. There's going to be feelings that come with that. And I know I'm, I'm talking to the choir. I get it. It's easier. If you're not going through it and somebody else is, it's easier to give advice, isn't it? I know for me. But if you're facing that mountain or you're feeling sick in your body or things are going on, it's It's hard. So you have to resist those feelings because the enemy attacks you in that five sense realm, the natural realm, tasting, smelling, seeing, hearing, feeling, you know, all of that. You have to, you have to resist that just in the natural. I'm not talking about natural now because we're going to fight against principalities and powers. So we have to fight in the supernatural. And the only thing you're going to need there is the Holy Ghost. So you're going to have to use the weapons that God gives you, not the carnal ones, not the physical ones. You might be strong, you might be big, you might whatever, but I'm telling you, that's why David can go take down a giant. That's why God in his spirit can guide a stone. So you were, you're faced with a situation, resist the feelings, start praising God for the answer. Thank him for the answer. See the answer already done. Speak the desired end result. God didn't cause it, but he can fix it. I'm going to just quickly share a story, and I'm, I'm coming to the end of this message, at least for today. Have you ever gotten the report? Now, this particular minister got a report from his other sibling that his son had died. And I don't, know the, I don't know how he died. I just know him and his wife jumped in the car. It's a 45-minute drive to get to where he had to go. And so in the car, listen to what I'm saying to you. In the car, he practiced exactly what I'm preaching. He starts praising God, calling his son alive, saying he will live and not die. I don't know how the enemies come against me, but in the name of Jesus. I'm going to say this name one more time. I'll probably say it more than that, but I'm just going to tell you for emphasis. In the name of Jesus, not in the name of my name, not in the name of your name, but at, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. Death, Jesus already conquered that. That battle's already been won. So he says, in the name of Jesus. They put this kid, now he's been dead, check this out, for four or five hours when he got the report, and then he's got the 45-minute drive. He's in the morgue, buck naked with a toe tag on. And the kid all of a sudden sits up. Would that not be freaky deaky? 
<laughs> you'd be working in that market, you'd be like, where's AFV? I'd have won 10 grand right there. But he sat up and he was alive. Because all things work together for good. For them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It wasn't God's purpose to put him to death. That's the enemy. Destroy the works of the devil. God will help you do that because that's his purpose. Remember in Genesis 1, 28, he created man in his own image, the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them, blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, every living thing that moves on the earth. God's power is always voice activated. You cannot think these things away. You must speak the word of God. You have to speak. The enemy is not omniscient. He can't. He doesn't know what you're thinking. He is an angel. God knows what you're thinking. But God still requires you action of speech to activate what he's telling you. The only way the enemy responds is he knows if he's getting to you is how you act. Is that getting to him or what you say? You must speak. God blessed them and he said, boom, let there be light. Give them dominion. When he blesses, he speaks. Now, this is, this is Brett's version, but God basically says, have kids and some do it and be in charge. Well, it says be fruitful and multiply, so have kids, you know. The word subdue means that whatever force is necessary. Whatever force is necessary. Make it happen. Psalm 82, 6, you are gods and all of you are children of the Most High. Notice in this scripture, he's not calling you divine. The G is not capital. You're not a god. He is just saying from an authority aspect, you are to be in charge, subduing things, coming against anything. If you have authority to bring it under your control. By doing this for us, he limits his own control because we have to take it. So on the earth, we have dominion. He gave it to us. And we're expecting him to do stuff. He can't go against his word. So many believers are praying this. Say you need a financial miracle. God, I need X amount of dollars. And somehow we picture God and up in heaven with an angel going up to a money tree and shaking it. And somehow the money just filters down. That's not how that happens. That's just not how it works. One man said, God, I know you want me to tithe. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take all this money I got, and I'm going to throw it in the air. Whatever you want, you keep. Whatever's mine, let it fall to the ground. <laughs> That's not the way to do it either. <laughs> but God won't counterfeit U.S. currency no matter where you live. He will not do anything illegal. Given it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That's the new King James Version. The King James Version says this. Men will give into your bosom. For the same measure you meet with all shall be measured back to you. So whatever you're believing and how you give, that's what measures back to you. I mean, there's so, so much scripture. But nobody likes to talk about money. Especially from the pulpit. That's all the church wants. What's your money? I'm just saying, God, Jesus talked more about money than he really did heaven and hell. But this is what, this is talking about principle. 
Everything we have is God's. You remember the story? I said, Kim went and bought this big light, and I don't know why we bought it. It wasn't for us. It was for somebody else so that she could give it to somebody else. You are the determining factor on the results and the return that you get. It says, men will give into your bosom. Money, God, there's not money in heaven. They don't, heaven doesn't function by money. You don't have to play the lotto, even if it gets to a bazillion dollars. Do you want the lotto to be your source? Do you know most people that ever win the lotto are flat broke or bankrupt inside of so many years? Because there's no discipline on any of that. People will give you money in finances. I understand that. You'll give people money in finances. I understand that. You ever help anybody and you just want to help them? That's okay. Because God might have impressed you to do that. That's fine. People have helped us. We've had groceries show up on our door. I still, to this day, don't know who gave them. Don't even know where they came from. But somebody put them there. I had money taped to the door. Don't know who put it there. Somebody did. Deuteronomy says, The Lord commanded blessing on you and your storehouse, and all which you set your hand to, he'll bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. 28.8. If you do nothing, nothing gets blessed. Zero in heaven is still zero here on earth. It all goes back to authority. He won't move independent from people. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. If there's no power working in you, you stop the power of God. God's not going to, now look, this is going to be, I'm just telling you, he's not going to flow outside you. He'll flow through you and he'll flow through others. He might give you an idea or a concept for business. He may give you an opportunity to work for what you need. There's been times that we needed money to buy a hunting license, me and Sam. He gave me an idea. And I, went, I walked into the bank, and the lady said, hey, do you still detail cars? I said, sure. She said, would you detail my car out today? And we needed 80 bucks for both of us. Guess what she gave us? She gave me enough to tithe off that and gave us the money. We just spent the next three or four hours cleaning that car. So he gave me that opportunity. The, some of the chocolate you ladies are getting today, well, actually, all the chocolate that comes in that, is from a good, dear friend of ours. The Lord gave her an idea for a business, and her business is very successful. And so we said, hey, we want to we sow into that. So we bought chocolate for all the moms today. So if you need money, set your hand to something. Do something, sow something, take authority. Once you get involved, he gets involved. Then what you, you, know, what you have in your hand changes. It changes kingdoms. Now you've given him legal jurisdiction to operate in that situation. You know that's how we pray when we give, and we're going to do that here in just a couple minutes. So I want you to get this. Are you catching any of what I'm saying today? Many uh, people have a welfare mentality, and it's an entitlement. They feel they are owed something. I'm not against welfare. There was a time Kim and I were on welfare. There was a time that we went in, and I don't know what that is where you get the food and all that stuff. We, you know, we did that. <laughs> and, you know, it, it helps. But I, I, it's for temporary. There's third and fourth and generations of people. They just live on welfare, work the system. I, you might not like me, but I'm going to tell you that's wrong. You can get out of that. you got to start putting your trust into God. Because it teaches your kids, everybody just gives them a living. They don't have to do anything. I don't want to be a taker. I want to be a giver. 
Now, let me say this, and I'm, again, I'm just almost finished. He can't multiply welfare because you haven't done anything for it. Does that make sense? It's just given to you. Now, if it comes into your household and you sow out of it, you've put your hand to it. I get that. But if you're expecting all of this to happen, you've got to start putting your hand to stuff. Get a part-time job. I have people come up to me and say, boy, there's, I can't find work. Really? Like every place around is hiring. Flip burgers if you have to. But do whatever the Lord is telling you to do. Set your hand to something. If you think welfare is your source, then you're not going to think God is your source. And that's as far you limit what you can. That's not his system. 2 Thessalonians 3.10. This is what he says. If anyone will not work, neither shall they eat. That's his plan. That's his system. He wants you to put your hand to it. There was a time we took our kids into the welfare system and they were putting all these demands, and man, I just didn't feel right about it at all. And we had gotten to a point, and we waited and waited, and I, could, I just said, get the kids, we're getting out of here. And the lady was furious. She was mad at us. And she said, you can't get back in here. And I turned around to her in front of everybody. I said, I will never be back in here. My kids will never rely on this. And we just walked out of there, put our kids in the car, and God took care of them ever since you got to put some action with what you believe. <laughs> you can give somebody a fish and let them eat, or you can teach them to fish, and they can eat for a lifetime instead of just one meal. God gave you authority. Deuteronomy in 8.18 says, You remember the Lord your God. He is he who gives you the power to get wealth. I just told one of my kids that the other day. They said something like, Dad, you're, you're aging really well, and you have money. I said, God gave me the power to get money. Do you, do you hear me? I'm not ashamed to tell you that. God blesses me because it's, he is my source. He gives you the power and the anointing to get it when you put your hand to it. You have authority. You have the power to get wealth. If you don't do anything with it, it won't manifest. You, you're waiting on God and he's waiting on you. Start taking authority and put your hand to something. If it's an idea. We limit God by just our thinking. I put, well, God put Kim and, are all our kids get braces? Yep. Kim and all our kids braces. I have stock in metal. When I walk into the orthodontist, they should be like, Mr. Gleesman, would you like some grapes and a tea? And, you know, I mean, and we were like, how are we going to? I don't owe them anything. It's all paid for. But I'll tell you how that happens. We start believing God. And we were like, what are we doing? Well, let's put our hand to something. She said, let's have a garage sale. I'm a dude. She knows how to do a garage sale. Probably most of the women in here go, you do it a certain way. Most guys would be like, throw the stuff on a table, put a for sale sign on it, we're good. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Just come when they want it. She's like, people are not going to want to go and ruffle through all these clothes. You have to display everything. And we needed $750, 700 or $750 for her braces for her down payment. So we put this garage sale out. And her and I held hands. And I didn't even know really what I'm teaching you, except I just knew 
this principle, we had to do something. And I felt when she said that, I just felt like, well, okay, yeah, we can have a garage. You know, there was a lot of stuff I didn't even remember we had. And sometimes, you know, if you don't know you had it and it's been 10 years, you probably could sell it. So we, we sold it. And the garage sale was kind of semi-successful in the beginning. You know, people come and, and girls, you know, they just look through stuff. You know, guys just come and start, you know, and they pick through. And guys all want to look at, see if you have any tools or anything like that. And I put some stuff from the garage out there. And, you know, and we're, I'm like, and we believed that we heard the Lord tell us that we were going to get the down payment and everything for her braces through this sale. And through all that day, it was hard. Because nothing was, I mean, we were getting a little, there was nothing close. I mean, we like had just a little bit of money. And so then all of these feelings, we missed it. We didn't hear God. What are we going to do? She already had the appointment. And what are we, you know, what? It's going to be embarrassing. And, and we had to fight those. And we were just like, no, Lord, no, Lord, no. If, I, if we didn't hear you, you're going to show us something. This truck pulls up, comes out, and he says, you want to sell that car? Okay. So he's, and then a lady came up and says, I'll buy everything else that you have on the table. And she said this amount. And he said for this amount and everything we needed came to the exact amount. And they sold it. And the, the sale was over at 5 and it was at like 4.30 when it all went down. I'm like, oh my word. And we sat there when it was all over with the debris laying of anything that they didn't get, empty tables, and all the money in our hand. My friend, I'm fully persuaded. You cannot tell me God did not give her the idea. Now, the enemy fought me, but I was submitted to him, and so was she. We had to resist, and it came to pass. And he did it over and over. Not that we had garage sales over and over again, but some other, whatever other way he told us, that's what we did. And he is phenomenal. But it all comes down to your authority, what you believe. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?